カハンニャハラミタシンギョウ Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So, in a way, central tradition to all traditions is our awareness in the moment. This moment may be the only moment in the circle, but any point will do. Any point is the Alpha and Omega. A special time or place is not needed. In other words, you're all exactly where you need to be, whether you like it or not. And that's the question. How much resistance do we bring to our detestation of where we are? Anyway, I think of the first two days of retreat like this. For me, are like a bardo. It's sort of like you're dead to your original world and you're passing from death into a new birth. So, in a way, the third day of a, of, of, of a retreat frequently is the moment when you've passed the river and you're ready to be reborn. Because, in a sense, there, there it was a form of um, uh, monks. That would go to bed at night and assume they were going to die overnight. And every morning they were reborn and grateful for the fact that they were reborn, that they were still here. One of my favorite stories about Buddhism, and again, you know, moving away from the idea of Buddhism as a religion. He would travel from town to town and teach whoever was listening. And in this one town, a woman came over to him and she said, You know, it's very confusing. There are teachers passing through here all the time, and we don't know who to believe. And he said, Don't believe anybody. If somebody says something that strikes you as real or Touches you in a place where the truth resides. If we are truly all Buddha nature, then it's, it's in, it's built in, it doesn't go away, it's permanent in a sense. So to be in touch with that, so that you respond in a way from your heart. And when the heart and the mind come together, we have homeostasis or equanimity. I love that. Don't believe anyone. Check in with yourself. It's, it's sort of as if we're attracted to a particular path that's already within. So there's a connection. In other words, the relative and the absolute can be true in every moment when we're awake because it's there. It can't Dissolve 
or go away. It's a given. And that's part of faith to me, the fact that we know that deeply inside of ourselves the truth resides when we're willing to take it on. <laughs> At the beginning of my spiritual process, or one of the beginnings, <clears throat> I was a Sufi for a while, and I followed a couple of Hindu teachers, and somehow nothing really, I, I didn't feel that I'd come home or that I had any kind of structure that I could depend upon. And then a friend gave me Joseph Goldstein's first book, and in the first chapter, I knew I was a Buddhist. So it was built in. It's like all I needed was confirmation from some outside uh, recognition. And that, that issue is, is so true. In other words, it's there. It's always there. We'll always be there. Can we connect that with how we live our lives? One of my favorite teachers, Maureen Stewart Roshi, who died some years ago, her book is called Subtle Sound. And she says, with deep practice and more and more understanding, we come to realize that we are not punished for our sins, but by them. This is not part of our way of being. We are not punished for our sins. Whatever we do that is not loving, that is selfish or egocentric, that is grabby, comes home to roost. If we are in pain or if we suffer, we need to examine where it comes from. Probably it arises from some activity that is not unselfish, but is selfishly motivated. We suffer because we want so much more than we already have, because we think that situations should be different from the way they are. The habitual game is called If Only. We take refuge in the Dharma. The Dharma is our path. Everything in our life is a process of learning and discovering. Everything in our lives must be fully and consciously integrated before any real change can occur. Calm abiding, trust the Dharma. Calm abiding, trust the Dharma. At the still point of the turning world, I am love, I am peace, I am free. And now I'd like to quote from Martin Luther King, in which he described from a Christian belief system what I consider to express the way I experience the Dharma. He said that everyone on earth will agree to the reality of gravity. We learn early on in our lives that dropping anything is bound for the floor in short order. <laughs> Since we are not Icarus, we do not jump off cliffs hoping to fly. What most people do not understand or acknowledge is that any thoughts, words, or actions lacking in love have dire consequences. Those provide us with the way the Dharma organizes reality 
as we experience it in our daily lives. And this is what we learn again and again in our pra practice, to really know, as Maureen said earlier, that we are responsible for our own suffering. Someone once said that pain is inevitable, suffering is voluntary. Doesn't feel that way, of course. <laughs> Until we are ready to take on this fierce, demanding way of life, we are just whistling Dixie. I'm sure you are all aware of this by now, or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> we, we chant the Sandokai every day, and one of the lines reminds us that we must wake, in, wake up moment after moment, the only real chance of changing our patterns. As we walk the way, we draw no nearer, progress no farther. Who fails to see this is mountains and rivers away. Listen, those who would pierce this subtle matter. Do not waste your time by night or day. Recently, I had a dark moment, and I thought to myself, suppose I were to die at the end of today. That woke me up immediately. What a question, because that's true. We could die at any time. So this is it. You know, in, in, in um, indigenous cultures, they don't have a word for before or after. So for them, life is the moment. That's it. Are we there yet? I'm so uncomfortable. Are we there yet? Oh, please, oh, please. Are we there yet? Time goes swiftly by. Are we there yet? Just sit and breathe. An example of how we learn from our suffering. 20 years ago, I had a double hip operation. And after three weeks of recovering, I fell down and broke my sacrum. So needless to say, I was flat on my back for quite some time. And I was living with a husband who was a professional procrastinator. So I learned the level of my impatience in the course of healing. Again, you know, we're not going to change anything until we are faced with the way it is. My mother told me that from the beginning, I didn't walk, I ran. So my process of slowing down is endless, endless, endless. I have to be awake every moment, which of course I'm not. So, you know, again, ambition is a tricky word. You know, the ability to just be in the moment and have that okay, okay because you're en route. You're all on the yellow brick road, so there's no going back. And trusting that each moment brings you exactly what you need to experience. So it's easy to take on the appearance and clothing of the practice when it's necessary to walk your talk. Farini says, all judgments, opinions, interpretations disguise the truth. 
they are all forms of trespass. As long as you are judging someone, you cannot see the truth about that person. What you see is just a mask, plus your own projection. That is when you see others as God sees you, and that is the choiceless choice. Leonard Cohen expresses his states of despair. I greet you from the other side of sorrow and despair with a love so vast and shattered, it will reach you everywhere. And now, living in a quantum world where we understand that our energy spreads distances we can't even comp comprehend, so that every state we're in, in a sense, is reflected all around us, whatever, wherever, or whatever we are with. And, um, you know, that whole idea of walking a mile in somebody else's shoes the idea that none of us can help being where we are. It's a question of taking it on and loving all of it, all of it unconditionally. That is the answer to everything. Oh, I didn't finish the Leonard Cohen, which is how he got to where he got to. Um, let's see. He sang as a sinner. He refused to describe sin as a failure or a disqualification. Sin was a conditioned of creaturelessness, and his feeling for our creaturelessness was boundless. He'll say, I'll stand behind, before the Lord of song with nothing on my tent, tongue, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. During the many years of practice, doubt was there from time to time. And as I said earlier, doubt is the most difficult of the hindrances because you can do all the work of your life when doubt doesn't exist because you know you have to. But when doubt comes in, you wonder, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I involved in this kind of struggle when everybody seems to be lottie dying along having no problem? <laughs> As the Buddha said earlier, do not believe anything offered by anyone until you have tried it out in your moment-by-moment -moment experience to see whether it works or not. And that is true of all your teachers, of anybody. The truth resides within you, and ultimately you must be your own teacher. When you love yourself, you are your teacher. You absolutely are your teacher. So that's really the only course. Can I love myself, even though what happened during my life doesn't support that? Deeply inside, Buddha nature is loving, accepting, fulfilling nature.
So life is an experiment. There's no arriving. Stillness here is wonderful, isn't it? We're surrounded, surrounded by stillness. Lauren Ferlinghetti says, so I came upon myself and saw myself awakening there in that darkest place where lay the golden bough upon the shadowed ground and saw myself awakening there as in a mirror made of air and saw how self still tried to rise from there and fly like spirit should and fly as spirit could through the dark wood Blackbirds sitting in the dark of night, spread your broken wings and learn to fly. You have always waited for this moment to arrive. Blackbirds sitting in the dark of night, open up your eyes and learn to see. You have always waited for this moment just to be. And so connected and free once more, I can fly out of the dark into the light that's around us all at all times, like the breath that comes and goes. Calm abiding, trust the Dharma. Calm abiding, trust the Dharma. At the still point of the turning world, I am love, I am peace, I am free. And so are you. <laughs> <laughs>